Hello and welcome everybody to Season 6, Episode 2, Lisa's Rival. A uh, little Saturday show this week, but hey, throw it over to Nick anyways. Uh, what does that say? Cop with a cold open. Oh god, this is always death. Homer, we have a perfectly good bookcase. Yeah, but this is what they're doing on campus. Besides, it isn't costing us. I swiped the cinder blocks from a construction site. Sir, six cinder blocks are missing. There'll be no hospital then. I'll tell the children. That is crusty. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to get that raspiness of of crusty. He always, I don't know. He's got that voice of like he's sick and he's been smoking a lot and drinking. Yeah, and and drinking. Yeah. Yeah, That's... it's and it's also very very. Um... You have to be lazy, but also pretend like you're trying at the same time, which is kind of what I was doing with that cold open, considering it's basically a rehash of a cold open I already used <laughs> uh, in season two, I want to say. Maybe season four. Gosh, seems Something like, like so long ago. But that's clearly just mailing it in. Or it's a mail it in Saturday. I know, I think there's uh, some shows that have mail it in Friday, but it's mailing it in Saturday. Did you ever watch uh, One Saturday Morning growing up? I have no idea what that is. What's that? It was like a lineup. It was like a Disney uh, lineup of shows. You'd have like Pepperan, Doug, and then like Recess. Pepper or like Which one was Pepperan? Uh, Pepperan was the, uh, she was a redhead, kind of looked like Raggedy Ann a little bit. And uh-huh. uh, Pepperan, Pepperan. That's not all. Oh, I'm thinking of. Too cool the- for seventh grade. No one's cooler than, than Pepperan. No. No, that's not really. Random. I'm thinking of um, in sticking around with the kid, the pepperoni, the dog, the dead. Sticking people. around, yeah, that was a that is a Canadian show, absolutely. Yeah. No, my, my Saturday mornings mostly consisted of a little bit of sports highlights, followed by Chin Pokemon, Yu Gi Oh. Um, what else was on on Saturdays? Uh, I think the Digimon was on in the early 2000s. Maybe I want to say. Something on YTV, then eventually would go into uh oh and uh, uh, video and arcade review. Oh my gosh, video and arcade top 10. That's it, that's what I mean. Nostalgic, video yeah. yeah. It's that basically was probably the dorkiest a, show ever, and I loved it. It's basically just a dorky commercial, the whole show. That's all it is. It's just clips of video games. You're like, oh, that looks kind of looks cool, even if the video game was ass. And the they kids still were made so awkward. <laughs> oh, yeah, just be kids playing games and be like, yeah. hey. Uh, Reggie, you know, you won here. What do you think? How you won? And then like every I like season, turtles. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did. I win. I win. Yeah. You I, get I the win. copy of the game. You just beat. Wow. Yeah, you, you get the copy of a game, a Yamaha stereo or a shitty Yamaha guitar or yeah. keyboard. And okay, then take uh, this yak back and go home. Yeah. yeah. And there, there'd be like a yo-yo and uh, some crazy bones or something like that. Just straight late nineties stuff. Do you remember what yak backs were? I uh, no, never heard of that. It's literally just a microphone. You press a button, you record, and then you press another button, it plays it back. It was called, and it's called a yak back. So, like, you could cuss in it and then play it somewhere. Like, it wasn't Bluetooth or anything. It was just literally a recorder and a microphone, the cheapest thing. Oh, yeah. I don't think I remember even seeing one of those or something. They probably had that on Video Arcade Top 10. I'm assuming they did. Um, Great theme song, though, Video Arcade Top 10. Oh, yeah. If you're Canadian, you know that song right off the top of your head. Anyway, Simpsons. Lisa's Rival. Lisa's Rival. Really good episode. One of the best Lisa episodes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, up until this time, it probably ends up being the best. Uh, There are better, I think there are a few better Lisa episodes just off the top of my head. 
Um, but this one is definitely one of the best uh, for like when it, by the time it aired in September of 94, you could probably say, oh, yeah, this was the best Lisa episode um, to date. I was wondering, though, because I was trying to think about this myself, if I ever actually had maybe not to the extent that Lisa and Allison are rivals. They're not really rivals. It's more of. They kind of make it up in each other's head, their rivals, instead of being friends. But did you ever have this scenario with another person growing up? Uh, no, I was never, I just had friends with likely interests. I never. Yeah, you were just sitting in, the back of the, yeah. sitting in the back of the class eating Play-Doh and yeah. drawing and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Or the guy in the middle of the class just trying not to be in the center of attention. That was oh, my you were literally in the center and you were sweating bullets to not. Yeah, be I was just like, don't call on me. Don't ask me any questions. I'm going to just, I'm going to just get through this. Let me eat my Play-Doh yeah. and I'll be fine. Exactly. But yeah, yeah I, they would have been best friends had they just like gotten over their egos because they have so much in common. Yeah. It's one of those things that I think the only time I could think of something that I was kind of like this was, um, uh, a, a year where, uh, in, in hockey where I had to split time on the same team with this, the same goalie. He came onto the team when we were about eight games into the season and we were off to a great start. We were like seven and one or six, one and one, something like that. And then we had a split time and we went right down the crapper. We went like two and nine after that or something like that. And, and, uh, this goalie was supposed to be from a higher ranking and he came down, but he, he, you know, he cost us some games, but and instead of kind of, you know, helping him out and stuff like that we could the, the locker room for a bunch of 14 year olds basically kind of split in two uh and we didn't end up having a very good season and it was nothing like like you shouldn't be rivals with your own teammates or anything like that but that was the kind of the closest thing that i could think of i didn't have anybody at school or anything like that i think it's probably because um i don't know i kind of I, I got along with most people uh, for the most part we didn't really we actually, you know what, I, I come to think of it, we probably have one of the most cohesive, like, playgrounds ever in school history. We'd play, like, football together. We'd have, like, football leagues at recess. We'd play, we'd have marble leagues. We'd play oh, baseball. across, like, entire grades. Uh, more so the same grade. Sometimes it would be a grade above or below. But usually we'd, like, when it came to sports and stuff like that, we all got along pretty well. We all, like, nobody ever fought anybody uh, nobody ever tried to be better than someone, even in like uh, school and band or anything like that. Uh, all the drummers, because I was one of the drummers, and there's usually three per class. We all tried to help each other out and split time between who got to play what and stuff like that. So, yeah, but that happens in life sometimes, right? Like uh, you end up creating a rival based on really nothing, which is kind of what Lisa's basing it off. Yeah. Maybe it's, yeah. Maybe it's more of a, this is unhealthy competition. I would say competition is good, but this is like, yeah, unhealthy Yeah, competition can bring out the best in people. And I think that's kind of the point of this episode to, to realize that, but also realize there's an extent uh, to which it uh, can go. And it's crazy that this is still, he's long gone from being involved in the day-to-day base of the show, but Conan's still having, some sort of influence on the show because he originally pitched this idea like two years before it got made that Lisa would have some sort of educational rival, somebody to uh, rival her intellect because she really hasn't been, there's nobody really on par with Lisa at this point, right? Like aside from the kids who we briefly see in Mr. Lisa Goes to Washington, nobody even close, right? So Conan's still 
two seasons after he's like done with the show and doing his talk show and dancing at his desk and interviewing B minus list celebrities uh, at the time, anyways, uh, still contributing um, heavily. It's a good episode, but I think we are hitting a bit of a trend, and it started in season five where we're we really are because of where we are in the show. We're we're overestimating episodes a little bit. I I really think our nostalgia has shown um because it has let us down even in bar to darkness uh i started with a 9.9 and you started with a 9.8 still a good episode but we both had to take it down a notch to a 9.5 because it wasn't as good as we remembered it we remember this episode off the bat as being one of the best lisa episodes is it or are we misremembering this too because now that i actually think about it uh up until i was older i didn't understand the ending do you, do you remember when you first saw the ending to this episode like kind of what was happening because i i remember distinctly being young me like i don't really get what's going on did you have the same thing uh you know i don't uh i don't really recall the ending i just recall like the meat and potatoes of it and i think that speaks to the ending itself and that it is especially if you're younger you probably didn't understand it um it took me years to understand like the references and stuff. I was probably a teenager before I really understood what was going on. And even then when, once I got it, I was like, oh, it's kind of anticlimactic, but that's kind of the point, right? Like they built, especially Lisa has built up this rivalry in your head so much that instead of this m huge payoff and finale, it really wasn't anything to be um, making a big deal about. It was, it was more of a, a mountain out of a molehill type of situation. So I guess the point is kind of made uh, in the ending. Um, I'm going to give it an, I'm going to, I don't think it's a nine. I don't think we're a nine. Oh, we don't think you're in a nine. Okay. No, because I do remember the third act being more of the kind of competition uh, and Lisa kind of going into her own head a little bit and I'm, you know, recruiting Bart and stuff like that to help her beat Allison in the, in the diorama uh, fest um, or whatever the hell they call it. Diorama Rama. And yes, the diorama. That's, yeah, that's kind of, I don't remember it being very funny. I remember the first two acts being pretty good in the establishing of the Allison character, mm -hmm. but I don't really think it holds up toward the end. Um, so I'm gonna go with an 8.5. What about yourself? 8.5. Okay, I was thinking a nine, honestly. Um, but now I'm kind of second guessing myself. I guess we'll see how the third act turns out because that's I'm a little fuzzy on that. But I remember really liking the whole premise and like the first two acts. So that might save it. Maybe I'll stay at a nine. Yeah, there's, there is some good stuff. Like you're right. The meat and potatoes, you know, stuff with Allison's dad and Ralph and maybe not. Maybe I'm even overestimating the 8.5 come to think of it. Cause I'm trying to think of like real good moments that, that get you that stick out. Maybe I'm forgetting something, but uh, I, I can't draw anything off the top of my head about yeah, that was in this episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what makes it really good. Um, well, listeners can yeah. kind of come for the ride and see if they, maybe they like, well, you know what would be interesting? Someone listening to this episode has recently watched it and loves it. And they're like, come on, guys, like, you're going to, you know, you're going to love it. Well, yeah, a lot of people, we've we've seen that before where uh, there are people who say we're focused too much on the comedy as opposed to the story. And if we were focusing more on the story, then we should be ranking it higher. But, you know, that's our subjective opinion, and that's what we come to The Simpsons for, right? So there's a whole reason, you know, somebody might watch this and say, oh, this story is fantastic. The dynamic of 
Lisa and Allison really hooks me. And that in itself gets like a 9.5. Yet there may be people who say, I don't really care for the story so much. I come to The Simpsons to laugh, which is kind of where we lean more towards as, as we've, we've gone along here and say, mm, not enough, not enough uh, uh, funny stuff to really hook me and keep me interested, especially in this point of the show where they've really made that kind of the basis to what each episode is based off of. So, yeah, I'm going to go with an 8.5. Shane's going with a 9. Let's see if it ends up in Shane's territory or in my ter- territory of the 8. That's why we, that's why we do this show, right? Um, I'm mailing it in because I can't. I don't really have a good segue. And it's mail it in Saturday, as I've said. So uh, before we get to the episode, a tasty, tasty sponsor is going to tell you, well, we're going to tell you about our tasty sponsor. And we'll be right back after this quick message. Donuts, Simpsons, Simpsons Donuts, it just goes hand in hand. Yeah, you know what, Shane? It really does. And for the best donuts in the world, you got to check out Crave Donuts. They've got locations in Oshawa and Whitby, Ontario. And these Simpsons-loving donut bakers, they're creating some of the most delicious treats imaginable. They've got a year-round menu with the likes of a cosmic brownie donut, a churro cruller. They've even got the Simpsons-inspired pink vanilla sprinkle. Yeah, and there's a rotating menu inspired by each season. In the fall, they've got apple pie, pumpkin spice cheesecake. Doesn't that sound delicious? That sounds absolutely amazing. To top it all off, there's weekly specials. They've got some surprises each and every week, so keep an eye on that. Open Wednesday through Sunday. Check out their website, CraveDonuts.com, as well as their Instagram for all the details. Trust us. If you're in the GTA, go hit up Crave, because you're going to end up with a belly full of goodness. It's probably going to cause you to make some sounds sound a little like this. All right, here we go with Lisa's Rival came out back on September 11th, 1994. Uh, Shane, top song in the UK. What la di da 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 song was topping the charts? Da-di-da-di-da. No, what? What kind of song? It, that's, it's how the song starts with the adi da da or whatever she says. I know the song. I just I have no idea what the name is. They play it every. If you're if you're playing on a Saturday at a sporting event, they're probably going to play this song. And that song is Saturday Night by Wigfield. Oh, okay, fair. Horrible, horrible piece of music. I'm making a crank phone call to Principal Skinner. Well, as a matter of fact, my refrigerator wasn't running. Since when does Mart have a cell phone like that? Yeah, or, or, oh no, this must be a cordless phone. But yeah, this is, I think, the oh, first introduction to the cordless phone. Everything was yeah. wired before this. You and your sister didn't do this to each other, right? Huh? Uh, well, we got on each other's nerves on purpose all the time, absolutely. Siblings just do that. Yeah, see, that's the part of sibling stuff where I don't miss. Yeah, there's a lot of learning to share... I, I feel like was the biggest hurdle between my sister and I. It wasn't my fault. I had all the cool stuff. Okay, what is home? That is so good. What is that he was using a phone? drill to hammer something. Yeah, he, yeah, a dr- uh, yeah, hammering a drill into a camera. Yeah. This is kind of the one of the rare cutaway Family Guy esque kind of cutaways we get in this in in the early nineties, right? That's this true. Yeah, Family Guy existed. Well, this is more imagination, though. So it's like not as uh, mm, yeah, it's not as skippy so, as. But yes, this is probably one of the more like tame um, dream sequences because like started like pretty much from the start of The Simpsons. It's always been really kind of psychedelic. Yeah, it's true. Whenever they dream. 
sacrificed a very expensive camera just to get some Why doesn't she play in the garage? So that's where she was when Homer was working on the camera. Oh yeah, sorry. You know what that means, kids? Yay! Yay! <laughs> God. They're even playing with little. This is. They're starting to get pretty religious now, eh? Like. Raphael Ralph doesn't have a. He didn't have a piece of paper on his desk in that wide shot. He was just writing no, he nothing. Brilliant. This is also. This is kind of the first. Um, this episode is when we really get to see that Flanders. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a really religious guy, and almost everything he says is religion based. And that Ralph might have some sort of problem here. I think Flanders was like the second person I kicked in the Simpsons hit and run. <laughs> this better not be about your cat. And during a subsequent voyage, Columbus found what is now the continent of South America. Why didn't, why is Allison just there? I never, I, this is what bugged me. Like, there was a new Yeah, it was never introduced that she like was a new student or anything. I know. They, whenever there's a new kid in your class, they always bring them up to the front. Yep. And basically do what they did with Samantha Stanky in, uh. Season three. Head because I was getting bored with the first grade. You're younger than me too. <laughs> yeah, and see, Lisa should be making friends with another smart oh, kid. Yeah. No, I just like to smell my lunch. Yeah, I never met anyone. I was looking at some lists of the best guest voices of all time, and IGN said Winona Ryder's Allison was number six in the top twenty-five of their list. I think it's a little high. Like she's good here, but like she's not doing anything that that, that grabs Fair. me. She's kind of being Winona Ryder. Well, I gotta go. I have to practice for band auditions. Me too. Hey, what instrument do you play? The sack. <laughs> Me too. I'm going for first chair this year. Me too. Wow, <laughs> with so much in common, I'm sure we'll be the best of friends. Me too. Me too. <laughs> That's a great delivery. <laughs> oh my god, I'm an idiot. This is the sugar. Oh wait, is it? <laughs> yes, it is. Damn. How, this is this. Is, oh okay. shit. Okay, yeah, this is one. Of, this is a great. Sugar. I completely forgot this was the B story here. This might be the one of the first times where the B story is significantly better than the A story. Yeah, this this B story is great. And so quotable. One of the most quotable lines. If food stuff should touch the ground, said food stuff shall be turned over to the village idiot. Since I don't see him around, start shoveling. And Mr. Act. I always love when Mole Man is, has nonsense job, especially when he's driving like giant things that he has no business doing. Oh, he's, yeah, he's just, uh, he's just trying to get by. It's just like, uh, like Gil. Yeah, he is. He's really like pre-Gil before they introduce Gil. I said Gil that time instead of Bob. I'm happy. Yeah, with you myself. actually got it right. Wow, that only took six seasons. It's a really weird thing of Lisa to say. Oh, we're gray again, gray slob. But this this time it actually makes sense. True. Because it's basically just sugar, and also Homer's. <laughs> I love how it looks like he drew himself on the bag, and it, it, it like it kind of looks like him, but he couldn't really draw very well. That's about how I draw. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have nails and broken glass. So good. 
scooter playing that stupid horn. Yeah, Jimbo. So I feel like Jimbo should have a triangle. I kind of like it. I, I kind of like he just punches the <laughs> the tambourine. The loot's actually a good callback because remember uh, he plays it in front of Bart. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah, okay. They're being consistent. Mm, very nice. Now, Allison Taylor also trying for first chair saxophone. As we're recording, I just got a message saying, Danny, your American something life benefits are in or something. Oh, that's great. Last game calls these days. Last game calls, yeah. As he usually... Allison is just another smart kid, but it does seem like here, you know, she's she's really. I she feel just like she could have done more with the character. Like, I wish she wasn't a one-off. Well, she does appear in the background, but she's never voiced again. Yeah, I just I feel like there was more potential. It took me a while to understand too, like what was going on. I, I didn't ever really realize when I was a kid how much, you know, like the breath and stuff it takes to oh, play yeah. the saxophone. <laughs> Great misdirect here. And we're back from commercial. What is wrong with Ralph's face? His face was like smushed. <laughs> he was, it was smushed. Yeah. You made it. I won first chair. No, you regained consciousness. Allison got first chair. And believe me, this is not a dream. <laughs> <laughs> I love Mr. Largo. He's a he's like a great surly. He's a perfect representation of most teachers. Like fifty surly hates his job. I wonder if Lisa would have been better had she had like actual lessons besides just bleeding gums a couple times. Yeah, maybe. Like she obviously learned in school as well, but you know she yeah, had like five lessons. Great that's, that's good advice. Yeah. It's true. Easier said than done, though. <laughs> it's a great slam. That's good. That's one of the more underrated marge lines. I forgot about that line. That's <laughs> oh, so good. God. Just mucking a hole, just straight sugar. What a marvelous idea. What's that, mother? I'm just talking to the sugar man. Mother, I'm a big boy. I can do as I wish. Excuse me. This, yeah, this is before they established that Agnes is... I know oh, it's not. That's weird. Why was it just rambled nonsense in the background? Why was it mm -hmm. Agnes' actual voice? Right in the muck. Yeah. I don't think I ever got pushed in muck. I stepped in a lot of stuff, a lot of poo when I was a kid. There were days where it's like the whole field was just like mud. And if you went for a little bit of a stroll, like you would get, you would see kids just get stuck and have to like sock it, you know, because their, their shoes would get suction cupped in the muck. That basically happened in one of my baths. It's just about half an hour before recording this. He was stuck in the mud. Yes. I forgot about this is in this episode. <laughs> Very 80s ass. The, the, well, it's like the fugitive, and then it's like the, the best part is oh no, not again. <laughs> this, this has happened before. I don't 
don't need cards. You live in the room next to me. Note. Next year, order fewer cards. And you didn't think I'd make any money. I found a dollar while I was waiting for the bus. While you were out earning that dollar, you lost $40 by not going to work. The plant called and said, if you don't come in tomorrow, don't bother coming in Monday. Four-day weekend. Beautiful logic. Yep. If he didn't sell anything to me, he found the dollar waiting for the bus. And also, by not going to work, that he lost forty dollars. That implies that Homer makes five dollars an hour in nineteen ninety four at a nuclear plant. Yeah, and you could support a whole entire family and have a house and a car and all that stuff. It's <laughs> a great, great logic there. Yeah, it is. It's it's almost as if somebody came up with that idea and they they went to cut back to it, and then and then somebody in the writing room went, "Wait a minute, why? Why would it you make do any that? sense?" Yeah. yeah, and so they just put it in. Couple of dream sequences so far. Yeah, this dream, this fugitive uh, spoof is pretty good. <laughs> there he goes. And basically the same movie as uh, U.S. Marshall. Yeah, U.S. Marshall is just, basically just the same thing. Yeah. They should just call it Fugitive 2. More Fugitive. Yeah, basically. I like both movies, though. I don't care. Yeah, pretty good. Is a wonderful person. Way to go, Lise. I mean, why compete with someone who's just going to kick your butt anyway? I prefer my phrasing. Yeah, the family's really letting her down, eh? Like, they're encouraging well, her. Well, Marge gave her good advice. Marge. Not really, though, because March would have been like, you know, keep trying. True. I think she got distracted by her husband not working and selling sugar. We take proper names and rearrange the letters to form a description of that person. Like, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, Alec Innes. Genuine class. Oh, <laughs> very good. All right, Lisa. Okay, um... I don't care how smart Allison is. If she's seven years old, she's not going to be able to make anagrams as fast. Jeremy, I am. Mm -hmm. Well, that's very good for a first try. You know what? I have a. Oh, he just casually <laughs> has that. You'd like to bounce it. Lisa not carrying the ball though when she enters the room. True. She's not right Yeah. Oh, it's for the school diorama competition. You're finished already. And you know. She's got a huge advantage over Lisa because, well, Lisa's uh, home life is not very educational. Yeah, and she doesn't seem to have any siblings to compete with or ruin her diorama like Bart would. Oh, yeah, Bart would destroy this. There's so many shows that have... Like diorama competitions or something like that. I've never ever seen one in my life. Well, you keep at it. Oh my god, so condescending. I love it. That is good. What do you think Allison's dad does? Because it's never really explained. I'm gonna say he's like a philosophy professor. You, you know what? Yeah, I think that's a good that's a good label. Probably something like that. Either that or he works at a library. This storyline is so good. Like, it, it doesn't pop up a lot in this episode. It really is the B-plot, but it's so brilliant. Then you'll get the power. Then you'll get the 
Halloween. I can't. I can't even tell you how many times I've quoted that. That's a Scarface parody, right? Yeah. Doesn't the French guy show up? Or is yeah, that British guy? guy? Here he comes. Hello. That's so good. Just random British weirdo coming out of nowhere. Never! Never, Marge! I can't. Ants would have destroyed that sugar by now. I want it all. The terrifying lows. It's literally on the line. The creamy and there's the creamy middles one. And they're one of the great times when Homer goes on a rant that really doesn't make any He's sense. He's animated really well here, though. Yeah, his, 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 it matches his craziness for the words, right? Could have made lemonade. Yeah, or and like anything, just sitting in front of with a baseball bat. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good line. I love the one just before he runs off. There's like clearly a bee smushed into his right eye, kind of like Smithers when he gets stung, and later in the. A really strong fan. The animation to match the characters to kind of what they're doing, like Bart's being really schemy and stuff like that, is, is really good. Like him, his, him rubbing his hands and stuff and the way his eyes kind of close and stuff. Yeah, it's like I feel like they stepped it up a little bit in terms of like movement. They're not stiff at all. No. And the shadowing here to make it seem like they're scheming in the in the in the dead of night, even though it's clearly not. They kind of go back to that later. Remember when the with the the fire to get the uh, the carnies out of the house? Yes, yeah, basically the same thing. Oh, how these guys are like the beekeeping Batman and Robin. Oh, look, there goes one. To the beemobile. You mean you're shabby? Yes. Well, very clever, Simpson. Luring our bees to your sugar pile and then selling them back to us at an inflated price. Bees are on the what now? Simpson, you. I love that. He has no clue. Where will <laughs> he wouldn't, too. It's perfect. It's just randomly spits it out. I love how he's still there. Like he's now taking yeah. up residence in the backyard. I've learned my lesson. Mountain of sugar is too much for one man. Yep. Now Wise words. Portions it out in those tiny packets, and why he lives on a plantation in Hawaii. <laughs> oh, that's good. Favorite school event. Yeah, see, I think they really knew that they could only go so far with the Lee Salas and stuff. And they're like, oh, this we, we kind of struck gold here with Homer. 
See, and thanks to The Simpsons, I thought Grapes of Wrath was liter about literal grapes. That's true. Oh, God, Uter, yes. But this is just an empty box. I begged you to look at my book. <laughs> I begged you. Oh, that's so... You can see the... Like, again, animation. Look at the sadness in his eyes. Like, he's, he's like... so sad. You should have done it. I told you. I told you. Hey, everybody. Whoa, look at me. I'm over here. Turn this way right now. Hey, it's Bart. Hey, he's doing stuff. <laughs> he's doing stuff. Always a good excuse to look. Good comment too with the glasses. How his glasses were all taped up from the yeah, they're all jumped down up. the uh, the dam. Out of here. I always love to how Skinner acknowledges that it's a diversion. This is probably the worst thing Lisa's done so far. Yeah, I can't think of anything else that even comes close to this. supposed to be some kind of joke i didn't do that i mean a different one. Oh, is that so young lady well where is this phantom diorama well, i don't know see i didn't understand what was happening here like i thought something was right like, the play on the, the actual yeah, yeah on the on the actual telltale heart here i legitimately thought something like some sort of monster was ending up when I first watched this, clearly not a bright kid. If I thought that, but that's none of my business. Elementary school is where I wound up, and it's too late to do anything about that. Strange self, like inner reflection there from Skinner. Okay, this part it, it kind of freaked me out. Like he's just yelling, and like clearly something's wrong. <laughs> Not as disturbing as the itchy and scratchy episode from No. But still. But up there. Why, here's Addison's real diorama. It got misplaced. Yeah, get Addison Simpsons underscore ABE, because I've never ever in my life actually seen anything close to like a diorama thing like they're doing here. Did you, did your school actually have them or were you somewhere? Where this was actually science fairs, but not anything beyond nothing that. like this, no. No, no. And now we don't know what Lisa actually did. We have no idea. They, did, they don't even show it. Do they still do science fairs? I don't even know. Uh, Star Wars. Are those the limited edition action figures? What's a diorama? What's Luke and Obi Wan and my favorite Chewie? They're all here. What do you think? They're probably really valuable. Just so the principal can cop some I'm really sorry about action figures. But he doesn't actually take them. He just... Yeah, you think he would. Yeah, like try to to get the Chewbacca one or something like that. And I'm aware it's Chewbacca, but I like to say Chewbacca. I was hoping that she'd become like a more stable character after this. Yeah, Ralph has problems. That's a, that was one of my dad's all-time favorite lines. That he just he always wants to just talk about his cat. And Wait, uh, do we ever see his cat? Uh, I don't, I don't no. remember off the top of my head if we we ever see Ralph's cat. 
But as they establish later on, Ralph also sees a leprechaun that we, only he can see. We never, you know, nobody else on the show actually sees it, but that's just Ralph. Um, I started with an 8.5. Yeah. And that was because I forgot about the sugar. I completely forgot the sugar storyline was in this. Uh, it's it's actually better than the Lisa Allison storyline that we're mm-hmm. given as the main story. Because uh, Homer's, like, Dan kills it, absolutely kills it with his delivery in almost every um, scene, especially his crazy rant in the backyard to Marge. And the, the overall goofiness and that, you know, Homer would be involved in a s- scheme like this. It makes sense that, you know, he's going to see an overturned sugar truck. Well, there's the scheme. He's going to start selling sugar now. And uh, it wasn't. How many how many minutes do you think we got of the, the overall sugar storyline? Like seven of the uh, yeah, seven, eight if minutes. That, yeah, and it was still the best part. It was so good. Not to say the Lisa analysis stuff wasn't, but that was really good. And I completely forgot about it. So I'm gonna have to bump my score to a nine point one, um, because it takes it into that a from a minus to being an A territory. Uh, because it's it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I would have been interested to see if they could stretch that out. Actually, you know what? No, I don't think so. I don't think they could stretch that out because it doesn't really make sense to go any longer than a couple of days or so um, that Homer has the sugar in the backyard. So I think they they absolutely nailed it. Uh, the ending too, kind of. Actually, I you know what? I like it better than I did when I was a kid. Um, it makes sense that Ralph wins because you know sometimes the smartest people uh, in life they don't win. It's you know an idiot who somehow gets lucky and ends up winning things. And that's just the way she goes sometimes. So, yeah, I like it. I'm going to give it an... Actually, you know what? 9.1 is even a little... T- I'm going to go 9.3. 9.3. 9.3. Yeah, what are you going with? I'm going to stand by what I said. It's it's a 9. Uh, it doesn't have any, like, super laugh-out-loud moments, I think, that are warrant anything more than a 9 for me. I think the story is good. Mm-hmm. I, I'm always disappointed when I watch this episode because I'm reminded they didn't do anything more with that character. Which is too bad. Uh, I know there's probably see, like, though? like what would you look off the top of your head? We've challenged each other like this before. Fair. What would you want to see from Allison's next appearance? Uh, she could have went on, let's say, a family trip with them, like The Simpsons, like, uh, and that could have been something. Like they could have written around that, or or vice versa. Maybe Lisa goes with her family. Yeah, or maybe they. They go together on a school trip and like their intellect combined helps them in some way. Uh, or they, they work together on something for, for once because they didn't really collaborate at all this episode. They were always working against each other. It'd be interesting to see what they could do. Let's say if they were uh, running for, I don't know, instead of competing, maybe they were both wanting to be on the school council and then they their minds together they got some stuff done at the school like maybe better lunches stuff like that if they were like basically both representing the student body i don't know i'm just spitballing but or you know where they could have gone what if they had warring factions uh on daz bus when they get stranded on the island and like allison has her faction lisa has hers and then you know they have the trial ends up being millhouse stealing food for one side over the other um like they could have done something there potentially that could have been interesting, but I, yeah, there, there are some things that you could do. Uh, but then again, you run into the, you run the risk of just having it be two smart kids doing 
smart things over and over again. Maybe it would have been interesting if, like, they had become friends, but then Allison falls in with a group of kids and, like, Lisa has to help her, um, you know, basically become smart again. She wants the competition. She misses the competition. Allison's basically just given up. Uh, maybe something like that. Yeah, but we're just spitballing here. But anyways, I get where your logic is. Um, what are you going with, though, for best gag? Uh, so again, best gag, I feel like the episode isn't overly funny. Uh, there's not like a lot to choose from. I'm going to go with Mole Man though, just cause I love Mole Man and how like, you know, if everyone was, if the, everyone was sweet as you, I think is that line, something like that. If only the sugar were as sweet as yes, you. Yes, yeah. that's it. Um, I just like seeing Mole Man in general and him like being a truck driver, uh, transporting sugar is just very funny to me. And that line was, you know. There's never not a, like, Mole Man always delivers, basically. His lines always hit for me. So I'm going to yeah, go with Mole Man. There are very few. I can't really think of one off the top of my head of a bad Mole Man usage because you can fit him in almost anything, and he somehow works. Even though he shouldn't, he still somehow works. Um, yeah, well, it's got to be something from the sugar for me. I'm having a hard time uh, narrowing it down. Um but if if I have to pick one, it would be uh, the the random British guy who the who's who's in the backyard who seemingly lives there now stealing the sugar from Homer. Uh, I you just don't see it coming the first time. Like where did this guy come from that he's like lived literally living in the sugar pile? Mm-hmm. I always thought that was pretty funny, and I think that is ah, I don't know. But then again, the story I mean, stole it. Yeah, stole the, the whole stories, episode. Yeah. The bee story, and then the literal bees. The literal oh, bees, yeah. And the bee story. Yeah. Um, when Homer's fighting them in the backyard, it's, uh, that's a tough one. I'll go with the British guy. I'll stick with the British guy. British guy. British guy's um, solid. Yeah, that probably yeah, would have been my, cho- my second choice. Yeah. I think you're right, though. If if there had been something that really, really hit this, that could have pushed the episode up a couple, couple of points there, to yeah. maybe like a 9.5 territory, uh, potentially. Anyways, uh, I'm going to stick with my my British guy there. And you know what? We stick to every time, uh, this point in an episode after we've given our reviews and our best gag, it's when Shane does plug time. So take it away. Follow us on Twitter. Since underscore EB then on your phone, cause most of you listening to us on your phone, hop over to our page on Spotify, follow us, rate us, appreciate it. In the description of the episode is a link for uh, crave donuts. They're delicious. If you like sugar, that's the best way to intake sugar is with Crave Donuts. They are delicious. Check out their locations in Whitby and Oshawa. If you're in the GTA, definitely check them out. Uh, and then, yeah, there's also a link in the description called Buy Me a Coffee. You can donate whatever money to the show. And uh, we try to do new episodes every week, but uh, try to hit every Friday. Today's Saturday, but happy Saturday. Yeah, indeed. I like how you worked that little sugar crave cross over there nicely done nicely done yeah go check them out though because they got some cool stuff this is coming out just before valentine's day so if you're listening before valentine's day go check out their valentine's day stuff they should have some good stuff um coming up and you know what valentine's day is right around the corner um so my challenge for you to end this episode shane uh is play me a um so let's say you're watching it doesn't have to be Simpsons. Let's say you're just watching something and you're watching a montage of like rom-com montage, Valentine's Day, like they're going to get ice cream and they're holding hands, walking down a boardwalk. And then 
you know, they, they go to bumper cars and their cars hit at the right time and one flies out of the other bumper car and lands on the other and they have their first kiss and that would never happen in a movie. But you know what I'm talking about. One of those types of montages uh, and then play the background music for a good Valentine's Day. Mont- you can't play Monster Mash though. You can't play Monster Mash. That's excluded. Okay. Uh, I don't think I was going to do Monster Mash, but all right. Oh, you know. Oh. If, if you weren't going to do Monster Mash off the top of your head, then I've lost some faith in you. But uh, that is the Valentine's Day song. Anyways, um, give us what you got for the best uh, music bed for a cheesy Valentine's Day rom-com. We'll see what Shane comes up with. We're going to catch you next time for the weird-ass clip show that they put in episode three. Yeah, it is the start of the season. For some right. reason. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we'll catch you for that one. In the meantime... Have a good weekend. If you are listening on the weekend, if you're listening on the weekday, look forward to the weekend, and we'll catch you later. that features the hottest video games on planet Earth, only on VNA, where you get up-to-date info on the latest and greatest games. We also give you tips, tricks, and a whole lot more. And believe me, we have an action-packed 30 minutes waiting for you.